Mic check, check, one, two, Logan, you idiot. We fill it. So you'll spill it. What will it be tonight? Red. Or white. A Xana blender burgundy. Drink wine. Spill I'm Jamie. And I'm CJ. And this is Drink, Wine, Spill Tea. The podcast where we talk about anything and everything, but with a sense of humor. So pour yourself a glass of wine. Put in your AirPod. And let's spill some tea. Clink. Oh, you do have a glass. Wait. Jamie still has a hernia, so she's drinking water. Yeah. And to our lovely individual across from us... What are you drinking, Mr. <laughs> Logan Marks? I myself am also drinking some water. Do you have a hernia? No. <laughs> Not today? <laughs> they don't go away. They don't? No. Like, if you have a hernia, you either have to deal with it through surgery or you deal with oh, it right. through diet. If somebody were to have a hernia that isn't you, though, don't you think it probably would be Logan? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, I have, okay. a, I have an MRI on Tuesday, so we'll see. <laughs> for what? Oh my god, I hope you have a hernia just like me. No, we don't. Uh, mine is actually for my shoulder because I have a couple issues with it. But then I'm also about to start some back physical therapy because I might have a disc out of place. <laughs> oh my god. We're a perfect pair. That's so classic you. <sighs> Are you so excited? I am. <laughs> uh, we just, we can't do two truths and a lie because I've literally for months thought of what I would say on this and I still can't come up with anything. That's okay. Yeah, we don't really play games. Yeah, we haven't really done a drinking game in a long time. Oh, We've really rebranded. We're mature now. <laughs> yeah, that was at the, in our youth. Yeah, that was, right. the, that was the early stages of drink wine spill tea. Yes, okay. We have merch now, Logan. <laughs> We've evolved. I know, I saw your picture, like your little, your little bleached shirt kind of i was like wow yeah that's pretty we have tie-dye we have black <laughs> really a plethora of colors <laughs> so um you heard him you love him you don't know him yet logan what's up say hi hi everyone i'm so excited to be on here i i've listened to so many amazing voices come across this podcast and i'm just honored to be one of them but who are your two favorites meaning you two are the two favorites who have listened to well there was only one answer oh you, you two you two yeah oh, of right, course yeah, yes. okay, okay, yeah thank you thank you thank you and also that was a lie because you thought that we played drinking games you did at one point we did Guess it's been a while, huh? Yeah. <laughs> okay, maybe it's been a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, stop being mean. Okay, um, so, Logan, what what's up? Where are you? I am home just outside of Boston. Um, I've been here since March 16th. I told my mom I would come from home for a week, and it's been about 20 of those. So, um, I'm just chilling at home and doing my thing. Loving life. Yeah. Loving life. Trying to stay busy. I just started attempting to learn guitar. And I just started a Spanish class. And I've been doing Built for the Stage, which has me feeling really great. Um, and 
yeah, just kind of reading and and napping and doing yard work. <laughs> doing yard work. Yeah, I've been um lots of lawn mowing and laying down mulch and weeding and reseeding grass and planting shrubs and and just um kind of trying to take care of that stuff. It sounds like you're living a very healthy life right now. Like, yeah. reading, expanding your mind, napping, like, taking care of your body, and then, like, yard work. That's, like, physical labor. Well, it sounds honestly, like you're, like, treating yourself good. How do you know how to do those things? <laughs> I wouldn't. I know. It's kind of funny how I realized that some people don't. Like, I had to teach someone how to plant a shrub, and I was like, oh, I guess, like, not everyone well, does this. To be quite <laughs> honest, I don't even know what a shrub is. <laughs> you're, like, you're a shrub. You are a shrub. That's like, true. Yeah. you keep saying shrub, and I have no clue <laughs> what you're talking about. It's one of those things that's, like, a like a bush. It's, oh, it's a bush. It's yeah. A, no, because a bush is more, like, natural, you know? And a shrub, a shrub is, like, is on shaped. purpose? Like a, shrub. a shrub is on purpose? Wait, can a bush become a shrub? If you like, yeah. If you it, like, trim it, I would say that if you trim a bush, it's a shrub. So. This is pretty kinky. <laughs> does that really, does that like expand to like ladies' parts too? Or yes. No? If you if you trim yeah. a bush, it's a shrub. Yeah, absolutely. But yeah, I um, I was just talking to my therapist today, and how I was telling him about how I feel like I'm failing at everything, and and he told me like the exact same thing. He was like, no, he was like, do you know how many people have like gained weight during this and just sleep and and everything and I was like okay maybe I'm doing okay <laughs> yeah right. I mean the good thing I mean not the good thing but just like the thing that is right now and this time is like when you feel shitty you know that every other person not just in the country but in the world is like Feeling going shitty. through exactly what you're going through you're not just sitting alone being like I'm a piece of shit by myself while other people are out there doing the things that I want to do. Literally, right. no one is being yeah. able, you know what I mean? There are other pieces of shit by, the, by themselves. Yeah, so <laughs> it's like, you're not alone. Like, you're all turds floating around in the same pool. Right. Oh, right. that's fun. I remember I like that. Thanks. reading this thing on Twitter, like, a couple months after quarantine, being like, don't forget, it's okay to be doing nothing and not feeling like you're progressing in your career or your talents or your blah, blah, blah. Because cause I feel like in the beginning, it was a lot of like, okay, we're all going to take quarantine and end it with our best selves. And we're all going to have learned new skills. And, and there was like this pressure. And then when people started being like, it's okay to literally do nothing because it's very natural to be like depressed and anxious and all this stuff right, right now. So just like do what you have to do to survive. And that's enough. Yeah. yeah, 100%. Because I think I had a similar mindset where I was like, I have to be working on myself. Yeah. And I was like stressing out and like not to continuously bring up my hernia. But I do think that that's one of the that's the main contributing factor to the reason why I got it. And my doctor suggested I go see a therapist. So I think it's like just taking a beat. Yeah, you know, like every. Yeah, I think everybody at the beginning of quarantine was trying to be like, okay, and I have to wake up at 9 a.m. and exercise and read three books and learn a new skill this week, and I have to change this And I this have to make myself. banana bread. I have to make banana bread. I have right. to get on TikTok. I have to do all these things. And that's fine if you're doing all those things, but, like, you also don't have to do them. Right. You can sleep until noon and then wake up and eat junk food and not work out at all because... It's a sad time. Right. It's Literally, just there's sad. nothing to be like. So much is no out of our control now, more than normal, that it's just like. Just do whatever you need to to get through. As we kind of should right. do in everyday life, but especially now. 
Right. This is a no shaming podcast. Unless you're shitty, then we're going to shame you. Yeah, unless you are homophobic, <laughs> racist, racist, a fat, Trump supporter. Phobic, like, we white will and straight. <laughs> publicly shame you. Yeah. But, like, other than that, all are welcome. Yeah, right. Um, But I do want to talk about. Transphobic, that's a big one, too. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That oh, my God. You know what I was just saying? An anti feminist. I was just listening to an episode of a podcast where they brought on a therapist who deals primarily with trans people, and she was going through point by point why everything that J.K. Rowling wrote in her essay about why she thinks the way that she does, like why she's transphobic, is incorrect in like her mindset, and like it was, it's so interesting. Well, it's fascinating. Yeah. Oh, wow. Anyways, what the fuck, J.K. Rowling? I just you literally went. You went so long with being at the top. Why did you uh, have to plunge the bottom? That really kind of did she suck. But my Idiot. my neighbor who was Bethany, this girl I grew up with, we were like really good friends all through grade school, who's now Ethan. Um, his mom just told me today, cause his mom and my mom are like best friends. And his mom just told me today that he had this idea where he was like, I feel like in quarantine, people aren't meeting new people. Like no one's going to a bar and meeting someone or meeting a friend of a friend because we're not even meeting our friends. And he was like, I want to start this basically like virtual pen pal thing but for non-binary and transgender people and he ended up getting like he just started a couple days ago he just put like the post out on facebook and he was hoping to get like 10 or 15 people and according to his mom he now has 60 transgender people who yes. are like all like gonna be paired up with and each other and it's only gonna skyrocket from there That's beautiful. Right. like those 60 people know 60 other people and then they know 60 other people and right and i was like not only is that so great just for like on the surface because you get to meet someone new in quarantine, but especially as a transgender person where you don't, you know, it's, there's still not as many like transgender people, at least comfortable transgender people as there are even gay people or especially obviously straight people or cisgender people. So to be able to meet someone else who's gone through a journey that's possibly very similar to yours and to like hear their story and to hopefully find comfort because you're similar in a very specific way, I think is such an amazing thing. Oh my god, we'll tell him that we want him on our podcast. Yeah. <laughs> I sure would love to. Because that's cool. Yeah, I'd love to talk I about know, that. that's, so that's cool. amazing. Okay, so while we have discussed some important life issues that are going on right now, um, let's transition into something like a little lighter. Yeah, let's talk about the day we met. We're gonna sure. take you back. Yeah. <laughs> just a, just three. It's th- it is three years uh-huh. because I know this because on my time hop I saw a picture and I sent it to Logan and it said three years ago. Oh my god! So okay. I do indeed know. Twenty seventeen. I was gonna say six, but it wasn't god. that long ago. Oh god! So Logan, where did we meet? We all met summer of two thousand seventeen. A gorgeous time. A gorgeous time. Yeah. So. um I don't know if you've heard about this. You know, we don't talk about this summer enough, I think. And I, I really feel like we should probably make it a priority to bring it up a little bit more. Yeah. But we all worked at a summer stock <laughs> where we did Mommy Me Gotta Summer Side Story. And Logie there you in was there. Yeah, who'd you play? Yes. Um, I was ensemble slash half dance captain of Mamma Mia. Oh, and yeah. then in West Side, take note, everyone, I played the one and only Pepe as a very Polish white man who then yes. slightly transitioned to baby John when our baby John dislocated his knee. Um, and then in Newsies, I quite interestingly played Jack Kelly. <laughs> 
<laughs> where I was his um, understudy. Thank you. Yes. You're thank welcome. you. And I was really good. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. Oh my God. I forgot that you were a shark in West Side Story too. I was. I was a shark. Oh yeah. But so I wasn't we, anybody's. We were all sharks and had other roles. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. You switched that. races too. Yes, I All was. Three of us I did. was big deal for when I was a jet, which was the majority of the time. But anytime we like dance, like we had like big dance numbers, I was typically a shark because they needed more people. Right. Which was just shocking, you guys. Oh. None of us condone that. Please, let's make that clear. It right. was very inappropriate. Yes. But a different time that we were not able to speak up for right. ourselves. It really, yeah. It really, like, I wish I had known better, and it sounds almost like as an excuse to be like, a different time, 2017, but it really kind of wasn't. I don't know about you guys, but I, when I got my offer, I was told Jack in, I don't know, what's the show? Newsies. Newsies. Ensemble oh Mamma Mia, and that I would later be, it would later be announced what I was in West Side. So I, need, I signed yeah, my contract, same. which is in general you shouldn't do, I guess, is sign a contract without knowing everything. But I didn't even know until, like, basically until we had got there. Yeah, I didn't know either. And when I say a different time, I definitely don't mean that, like, it was a different time, like, it was acceptable. I mean, like, I wasn't able to speak up for myself and say, hey, that's inappropriate, I don't think. Actually, I did, because when they almost made me the Chino understudy, I was like... Yeah, that's. I don't feel comfortable doing that. I will say also, they it's being an actor as we all are or were. I don't. You can uh, say are. Oh, I mean, I, 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 I don't know. Um, as we all are, it's they. And when I say they, I mean like professors that I've had, people in like authority at these theaters make it seem that you can't speak up for yourself. Like right. what you're given is a gift and you have to accept it. Right. So it's like when I got my contract, I was in, I was originally um, Rosie in Mamma Mia and then I was ensemble in um, Newsies and ensemble in West Side. And then when I, and then oh. when we got the cast list, it said Jamie Anybody's. So I was like, what? Right. That's the part I auditioned for. That's the part wow. I wanted. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah and I, then yeah, I, I didn't. Remember not knowing until I was actually looking at the cast list too. Yeah, and I was like so confused because then, at you know, it's so funny because in two different summers, my sister and I have both played um, anybody's, and you know, anybody's is supposed to be at the in, at the gym the scene, gym, yeah. the dance scene, and like have like our own storyline. But they put me as a shark in that instead because they needed bodies, and right. I and I danced with Chino. Right. Which is just so as ridiculous. A, as anybody's, but as a shark. It's so, it's so, It's I just know. so, yeah. It's it's not, it's, I, I feel like I knew, I think mine was actually similar. I got, it was, my contract originally, or my offer was crutchy, and then ensemble in the other two, but they were like, you'll have features, but we just don't know what they are yet. Mm -hmm. And I was like, okay, cool. And I didn't even know about Eddie until like the email was sent with the cast like I had no clue but that's like so small it didn't matter but they told me that I would either be one of two named Jets and they gave me specific names and then I was neither of them and so I was like oh okay I'm a shark right and I was just very confused and I like asked around I was like are there white sharks well, and people are like no I also don't know if they do that as well because Eddie is a bigger part than ensemble anybody's right. is a bigger part than ensemble anybody's is like, definitely bigger than Eddie though yeah like I feel like anybody's is a and role like, that you can cast without it being like I don't know your part in West Side as well Logan was bigger than like just 
an ensemble member. You had like a lot of lines, and you also stepped in for Baby John for well, at least crazy. a month. That was crazy. Yeah. And I think it just made it seem that way because when we'll you sign your contract to make it seem like you're not doing as much, so you take less money, and then after you've already signed them, being like, "This is your ensemble track, and this," so that way you've already accept less money, but you're doing kind of work that requires. That should be more. Yeah, and at non-ec theaters, when you're an understudy or have to go on for somebody, um, even if it's last minute and not in your contract, you do indeed not get paid for it. Right, yeah, yeah that's for sure. No, but actually, but, not, when you said that, CJ, I remember the same thing happened to me in terms of asking them, like, what, who do you think I'll be in West Side? And they were like, probably like a, an A-Rab or like... Not action, but they they definitely said like a couple of like the kind of the ensemble but named jets, the so, bigger jets. Yeah, because yeah. I was like one hundred percent not concerned. I was like, okay, sweet, like just curious, yeah. so I can look over the script or something. And then when it came out, I and it's almost like I'm not afraid to say that it's kind of sad looking back that it I is. I saw Pepe and it was like not what I expected, but like whatever. Like now I would never ever. It's not even on my resume. No. Um, no. Oh yeah, no. But. Yeah, I, I remember too when when they did that, and I was like, "Oh, okay, like definitely weird." Um, and then they emailed me like two days later, and they were like, "Hey, we're actually gonna have you um, go back and forth between a jet and a shark, so like learn this music too." And I that was when I remember being like, "What?" Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was like, "Okay," but it's hard. Like you two had both just graduated college, yeah, and, like. This is your first, I mean, it was my first job out of college, too. Like, how are you supposed to say, as a new actor with, I don't want to say no experience, because I think we all did summer stock, you know? Yeah, but like, but like, with virtually no experience out of college, first off, how do you say to somebody who you look up to as in in a position of power, you say, like, now I think we're all comfortable doing it because we're established, but somebody who's just a newborn for sure in this, it'd be like, I'm uncomfortable. And then they'd be great, you're replaceable. And I remember knowing that it was like, a reputable, while while it's still non-ec, but it was like a reputable company to work mm-hmm. for. And also like the fact that we were like playing roles that we wanted to play. And like, I'm sure that we were pretty like hype about that. It almost felt like, I was like, well, I don't want to speak up for this small thing because I don't want to jeopardize my chance of the bigger thing. When in reality, they're both big things. They're both big things. And just to know that this theater was non-ec but also in the process of trying to become equity and still had some equity contracts as well they knew better they knew like that's what i'm saying like they should have known better yeah and that's we'll leave that part of that but so to talk about that summer wow we're really getting on tangents you guys (laughs) but good they're good they're good but so let's talk about that summer so mama mia newsies west side let's talk about let's just dive right into newsies you said you were Jack Kelly. I know. This is a big moment, you guys. Because we have Jack Kelly and Crutchy here with us today. <laughs> and, our, and both of our understudies. <laughs> Me. <laughs> the real important thing here. Right. So, yes, we were. We were Jack and Crutchy, even though I'm like four inches taller than him. <laughs> yeah, literally. But I have I have bad posture, so I slouch a lot, and I was on a crutch, which made it worse. Right. I remember you so, like So I appeared over. to be a little <laughs> But I remember meeting him and I was like, oh, okay, well, I'm taller than you, but hi, buddy. (laughs) But we were cute. We were. I just, like, I loved that role so much. It was just such a challenging role that it pushed me in so many ways. But when I look at it now, I just, like, I I wouldn't 
play that role you know it's not something i'm even gonna like really grow into even though he's obviously younger but like i think i'm definitely more of like i play seymour and little shop and emmett and legally blonde so i would be more of like a crutchy not to mention i'll just come out and say it it was way out of my range and some things had to be adjusted (laughs) (laughs) that's a hard it is i will okay i first i have two things to say about that one it was not out of your range that's a hard song to sing and that song, the end may have been a little bit of a stretch, <laughs> but for most people, it would be a little bit of a stretch. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's I don't feel like, like that's anything you should like beat yourself up over. Right. I, I wouldn't be able like to do it that many times a week. If you're a Jack Kelly, you know that it's the end of act one. Like not only have you gone through a whole act, but right before that is like this big fight scene with like Pulitzer's henchmen and whatever. So like you're already out of breath, like starting this, this like an incredible song but i was just like Ooh. and I, I like the acting part of it was my favorite because like even playing like a like a, a jaded new yorker was i i i loved it i loved that part um and i guess right. it's something i would love to go back and visit when i'm older and maybe have a little more confidence i guess but sure i think that's it the confidence yeah i was never out of breath in that show <laughs> i just I just I had my own little grand time. Who else? Wait, who but, who else were you again? Roosevelt. Okay, no, bitch. <laughs> oh my I was, god, I was the mayor, and oh, we've yeah. gone a long time without talking about that. So, <laughs> I can't believe I was the mayor too. How dare you? How dare you make one of the leads in the show also a small featured role and just put a mustache on me to see if anyone's gonna notice? <laughs> that mustache. And guess who didn't notice? My dad. My dad didn't notice. <laughs> My mom said, oh, I knew the minute you walked on stage. Someone's mustache, it may have been yours, I don't know who had a mustache, ended up on my cap. (laughs) Because it fell off while he was talking and it was like hanging off of his face. And I was like pissing my pants. I could not stop laughing. And I remember they were so mad at Drew. They were like, oh my god, I was, I forgot. They were like, how dare you, like, laugh and blah, blah, blah. And Drew was like, okay. Right. And he, they were like, and they literally said, if CJ can hold it together, you can. And he was like, are you kidding? <laughs> he was like, CJ was the reason I was laughing. And I was sitting there like, <laughs> oh my like, god. I remember that. Like, I, I was scared just watching that go down. Because <laughs> why would your, the mustache be on your hat? I that's just hilarious. Think that that's such a community theater yeah. thing yeah. is to stick mustaches on boys right. yeah, yeah we right. had like four seconds no like wigs no like age makeup just put the mustache <laughs> on go out there and call push it them on stage. Yeah. Anything. but i also want to say i don't say that you won't play that role again because that's part of what we're trying to dismantle here logie you can play anything right no that that's true and i am a firm believer you know? that like I am a firm believer that as an, which I just said twice, that as an actor, the most talented actors, and I know it's so stereotypical to just say like Meryl Streep, but the most talented right. actors, you can throw them into anything and they can use, like you use your training and everything to become that character. So I do try to say less of like, oh, like this isn't a role I would ever play. I guess what I mean more is like the, this, like the, nerdier kind of roles like Crutchy and Emmett and Seymour just come more naturally to me because I guess that's who I am more as a person but I guess that's kind of why I love playing that and like I played like Mike in a chorus line who also is not probably the first character who I relate to as Logan 
but I love playing him because it's so different. And that's what I love as right. an actor is being able to like not be myself and play someone who's from a completely different time and place and like background than who Logan is from. Right. That is the best part. I thought you were great. Thank you. The two of us together that, oh, uh, I, I love that um, our little opening with the you kind of falling down the one foot long ladder and. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was a really long drop. I was really, whoa! <laughs> and my crutch was like literally like bent in half like the whole time, like while I was like limping on it. Like they couldn't even give me like a quality fake crutch <laughs> for me to limp on. It was a crutch that I was nervous I was going to break in half every time I put all of my body weight Some on quality it. Quality acting right there. <laughs> yeah, honestly, and everyone would always be like, "Oh, looks like you can walk again afterwards." And I'm like, <laughs> "Kill yourself! Like, shut the fuck up!" Oh, yeah, those were always the funniest things when I try to say the little the pun line for a character like that, and you're like, "Oh, I haven't heard that before." Right. And then so in West Side, you said that you went on for Baby John a couple times. And by yes. a couple times, we mean a long time. What happened? Like a month and a half. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so our Baby John, it was the night before either opening or final dress. Like, I, Wasn't it like the – we? so before we opened a show, we ran the show during the day, then did a preview at night – and then did the show the next yeah. day. So it was the sh- it was our final dress before first preview, right? Yeah. Yes. Yes. Because then I remember we because f- it was during I think dance at the gym that yeah he totally. hurt himself, and then I remember finishing and we're all tired because we literally had didn't like been working the entire day, and our choreographer pulled me aside. He was like, "I have to ask you a favor," and I was like, "Okay," like not knowing anything. He was like, "We need you to." Um, at first it was we just need you to dance for him like he's gonna like because we didn't know how bad it was and we were like he'll he'll wear a brace and like he'll do the acting sections but like in cool and all the and the opening number you have to dance so i remember after that run through then then it was like nine or ten o'clock staying later and having clark teach me all the choreo because i remember i just really remember being like well good thing i have until tomorrow (laughs) to like practice this and then and then things got worse for for our castmate. Things got, like, worse. So he basically had to... He was out of the show completely because it was just, like, not going well for him. Which obviously makes sense because, like, safety comes first. So then they had me completely play the part. I was, I was more of... Like, at first I was Pepe dancing as a jet occasionally. But this time I was now, like, fully Baby John. All his lines. Learned Officer Krupke. All that stuff. And then would sometimes still like hop into my shark stuff for a quick thing right and then so and then that went on for a quite a few weeks and then it went back to he came back and did a few things but it wasn't even the same as the first so i did come back so because i remember doing four different versions of the show with like like (laughs) at first i was just a shark and then i was a shark and just dancing the jet and then i was completely baby john with a couple sharks and then i was like half and half because he could do some things but not others so it was always it was just always kind of changing yeah and i i remember like and then we had kira our dance captain for west side and and mama mia west side and mama mia she played pepe when you were like fully baby john yes but she, she was great. She was, but she was so good at playing the dude that they just kept her. So she was a boy shark and a girl. Shark. No, she wasn't just a girl shark. She was like 
the main <coughs> who, was like, she's the one who danced with Rosa. No, she was Oh, she did. She was she was Consuela. She was the Yeah. This is my last night as a blonde. Oh, that's right. Yeah, that's yeah right. because but Graziella she, usually dances. It with, was Kristen who danced that. Oh, yeah. yeah, you're right. Yeah. Sorry. Okay, sorry. She and I she's been in West Side Story like eight times. We can't keep up. Right, right. No, because <laughs> I don't remember Kong. she know, did um she did the dance at dance at the gym solo because I was her partner, just kinda like holding her up and trying my best to Kira is just like beyond talented in terms of dance, so it, it was just beautiful to watch. But I remember because didn't they give her a wig? It was like this, like she was mop. straight up a boy. It was the funniest <laughs> she was like, thing hey, ever. Hey. And she, she walk around like nobody yeah. can see what we're doing, but like it was hilarious. Oh my but she god, she was so believable. Everyone she so thought she good. was a dude. She was so good. And yeah, so then yeah, we switched that show so many times because of that. There were just so many injuries, so many yeah. injuries. I and that is what up. happens when you like throw people in. Yeah. And like, don't give them time to take care of their bodies. And you, you rehearse yeah, you for don't twelve have hours a care. day. Yeah. And yep. you don't have proper understudies too. You don't have swings. Like every, I don't care if you're the non-eckiest non-eck production on this planet or Broadway. You have at least a male and female some sort of swing whether they're like the smallest ensemble member they do not that much and they could be removed to play something else you have them and then every cast needs to have understudies even if they're within the show right but this also brings up i was about to say no no shade no no i'm, I'm not really well versed in this lingo but i was about to say no shade no tea no tea no shade but then i realized that the podcast is quite the opposite of that. So I was just going to say, it's also important, though, for those understudies to know their stuff. Because absolutely I, not Jamie, but other understudy for Jack Kelly would always say, like, you cannot call out because I do not know what yeah. I'm doing. And I'm like, I didn't have any plans to call out unless something obviously catastrophic happened. But it certainly doesn't help to not feel like you're that, like, the rest of your team is there to, like, right like because it really yeah, is because because they were all jokes like the 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 responsibilities were jokes of understudies because i i was understudying bill in mamma mia what sense does that make right. of course i didn't learn it you know what i mean but they should that's why I'm, they should cast the understudies appropriately knowing when they're casting the season this person is our jack this person is the ensemble but they're gonna cover jack just in case right. but i think the mindset is that like at this specific theater they had always had understudies, and I use air quotes for that, but no one has ever, like, gone on. Because they I'm don't let sure. you. Because they don't <laughs> let you. We had somebody else in the cast. Um, They got seriously injured, literally tore the hamstring from their bone and had to leave the contract early. But they did the show for, like, three days. This was our oh, Tony was West Side Story. This was our and Tony. Was and yeah, he couldn't, rough. like, walk. But when he called and was, like, trying to get him out of the show... Somebody in a position of power should it was like, you will not call out. You will not be going out. Right. You will be going on today. And straight up did not let this person. Right. And Maria the- had to lower him. Maria had to lower Tony to his death because he physically could not do a, like, right. lower himself to he the ground. so and injured. Do you remember, I think, because this, this actor also played Sky in Mamma Mia, and I think if I remember at the end of Lay All Your Love on me, he was carried off on people's shoulders. Yeah. And I remember it was kind of, like, embarrassing almost. I don't even remember how we got off stage, but I remember being like, this is, like, so ridiculous. How I mean, in a way that I felt so bad for 
the actor because he was clearly in that yeah. was a, a real serious situation. He was in a lot of pain, but it just he was out. And for, he felt so bad too. Yeah, he was out of commission for like months too. Like it wasn't just like months. a he was done in like a week. Like he had to go home get surgery and like recovery recovery. i specifically so this was in the summer obviously it was summer stock and i remember texting him in december asking how he was doing and he was like for the first time since this happened i was able to tie my own shoelace and i was like oh my like it's been half a year and that's because it was that like serious of a thing he literally was flown to canada (laughs) he was shipped and it probably didn't help that he was still doing the show after he was mm-hmm. injured he probably right. made it worse right he pushed through it for but, sure but going that back I, I do think another important thing and i get that you know a lot of these regional theaters don't have a lot of money but i do think it is important to also pay your understudies for the extra work that oh, they're doing sure. because that is not only a motivational factor but i just kind of feel like that's it's the whole thing about our industry and like knowing your worth and being like no like if i'm doing this work for you because then remember tony's understudy who did end up going on who was an equity actor still never even got like um extra right. compensation like any of that extra no. yeah pride. <clears throat> like right. how are you gonna ask actors in their like young actors to rehearse for three shows on top of each other not at separate times at the same time open all three do daily responsibilities i.e work in the um, summer camp ticket booth yeah work um in the summer camp what did i do clean and do, you did switch over the sets at night yeah, yeah i did all stuff because we were in rep how are you going to ask them to do all three of those while also maintaining physical and mental health and add another responsibility of understudying lead roles on top of that and then only pay them like Sometimes like one seventy five to three fifty four hundred a week. Like Hands I don't care down. if I don't make the most, obviously, but I think it's really important to pay each person for their specific amount of work. Yeah, and Hands- why is three fifty good for non egg? Well, you should have been compensated for stepping in because that is a lot of extra stress, work, and strain on your body. And put aside the fact that the equity actor who went on for Tony, who saved all of our asses and didn't just go on once or twice, went on for about two to three weeks, like yeah. finished out that contract as Tony, was had to call the union, find out what's going on, right. have a union like representative like talk to them and everything, and then was not compensated because they found a loophole in his contract. Right. What kind of fuckery is that? Like, that's just, that's so sneaky. And, like, if you want to build loyalty and with your actors, don't, like, you need to treat them with respect because at the end of the day, this is all what we have our degree in. We are, it doesn't matter if you're working or not, we are all professionals. Yeah. Right. And this theater was not low on money. They weren't low on funds. I digress. <laughs> but I digress. But I think it's important to speak out against, like, some of these theaters and the way people are treated because I think as a young actor, a lot of people are taken advantage of and it's up to us. Like, we're still young actors, you know, and the next generation to come in and, like, say we deserve just respect in general. Right. Like, we deserve, like, just, like, actual... I mean, in a, another podcast that we did that will probably be released before this one our guest talks about how they had to fight for a physical therapist yeah, on their equity thing. on an equity tour you oh, have damn. to fight for the things that that you want which just should be 
the baseline. Sometimes I think like, it's kind of like how people say, if you can't afford to tip, you can't afford to eat out. And I, I kind of right. think like, if you can't afford to pay your actors, your technicians, like a livable wage, you probably can't afford to run a theater. Right. And like, I, I also, just in terms of like payment, I remember after, after I did that contract, I did another one where I did Mamma Mia again and I got an offer for a contract while I was there and I was like, okay, cool. Like that's something that like I can do like in the fall, like whatever. They wanted to pay me $150 a week. And I literally said, I was like, no, thank you though. That's, that's not, I was like, I'm, I'm sorry. I was like, given the fact that I have to pay rent when I get back to New York city where I'll be a, a starving artist and auditioning every day. Right. I, I cannot yeah. take a payment of $150 a week. I can't. Right. I feel very lucky now that I have an agent because that's like their job, but I'm certainly not right. afraid to be like, no. I mean, and I did like, I did a whole, well, one summer I did two separate shows at two different theaters and one theater, I got a hundred dollars a week. One theater, oh, yeah, I've done it, it. it was only a three and a half week contract, but my, my payment was EMC points, which is great because they were my first few, but right. to not even get like 50, but like not even anything. I was just like, wow. Like now, which was fine. Like in back in the day, I, I, cause I could have said no, but I really wanted those EMC points and it was worth it. Mm-hmm. But like now I, would not. Yeah, the whole pay you with the EMC points, pay you with the experience is just a lure. It's like to lure people right. in. You know right. what I mean? It's like, and it's like you want it so bad. It, it's it's such a tricky game. It's manipulative. It it's really manipulative. is. Right. And actors are so easy to take advantage of because we're just so eager to please. Because, I mean, I had a professor that said it's one thing to get hired, but it's another thing to get rehired. Yeah. And it's like you want to be the person that people want to work with. Right. But at what cost do you want to be that person? Mm-hmm. To like, totally. Um, And that sucks because it's like – and that's what I think that right now, like, actors are absolutely – and I'm living for it – standing up and being like, no, we're not doing that anymore. Like, we're not going to be manip- manipulated because, you know, like, we deserve more than that. Right. Yeah, like, you, you yeah. hear, like, I remember – on when West Side on Broadway, the current Broadway mm-hmm. show came out and how all those yes. actors were getting hurt. And like that stuff is like published now and the public reads it and they can like really influence a show's success or not. Yeah. Who Which knows I if th- it'll come back after this? Yeah. We and, don't know. Yeah. I mean, and especially, all those issues with Bernardo. Right. Who knows? Yeah, but so. I, I think it's like important because you can't like, there's no more Emerald Curtain you can hide behind, you know? And it, right. Unfortunately, like it's sad to think that that was a thing at one time at all but at least now it's it's good that people really have to like watch what they're doing because everything's watched and everything's filmed and everything's like put out there right yeah it is true there's no hiding anymore which is a good thing and a scary thing but like right a good thing you know like if you are a decent human being you have nothing to hide right yeah exactly exactly um so logie um after this contract you did a very cool tour am i correct you are correct which tour was it i was on the rent 20th and hamilton yeah. god you ruined it <laughs> say it again Sorry, i was on I'm the cut that. rent 20th anniversary tour 
The 20th anniversary tour of Rent. 20, but technically, wow. it was the third year of the 20th anniversary tour. So it was the 23rd what? year of Rent existing, but it was still known as the 20th anniversary tour. That's, that's so confusing. That's how it was. <laughs> yes, there, there were four years of the 20th anniversary tour, and then they were doing one more leg of it as soon as this virus is over. That's actually going to be rebranded as the 25th anniversary farewell tour because it's now been 25 years. And did you say who you were in it? No, I played Mark Cohen. Ooh. <laughs> and just, He's the lead. And just like generally, what was that experience like? And you can even talk about in comparison to the theater that we worked at or you don't have to just like in Yeah, general. no, it was, I mean, it was truly like everything I've ever dreamed of doing. And I felt so lucky to have done it at such a young age because I, I, it was just a couple months out of college, a few months after I moved to New York, that I, I got it, which is not common. So I definitely am like, feel very, very lucky to have had that opportunity. Because what was really neat about my year was that it was also international. So we opened in Tokyo and we were there for a few weeks. And then we traveled to mm, seven different cities in China. And then we were all over the United States. And every actor has like their favorite shows and shows they're not as fond of. And we also know that there are more like staple shows in musical theater that helped make theater what it is. Like Hamilton's one that really changed the game. But in the 90s, Rent did that too. It was like one of the first shows to incorporate rock music into a musical, but also one of the first shows to deal with a lot of what was then considered like touchy subjects like interracial love and homosexuality and drug addictions and homelessness and a lot of stuff that you would not see on the stage, but that obviously made like a huge impact on people because the show was a huge success winning Tonys and Pulitzers and and all these crazy things so for me I love doing any show because I love finding what I love about the show like even if it's like I'll say that I'm not a huge fan of golden age shows but I try to figure out what I like about it and figure out why it's mm-hmm. important and figure out why the story is important and all this stuff but it was so easy with Rent because it's so naturally a very important message. Even, it's just, it's so cliche to say it's timeless, but the two big songs that say measure life in love and live like there's no day but today are just so, so true, like no matter what. So it was just an amazing experience to be able to share such a strong, heartfelt message with people and then to meet people at the stage door who would say like, I currently have HIV and which is something that our generation definitely hears less because thankfully science and medicine has helped so much with it, but still just to hear or to hear people who have other diseases that are currently as bad as AIDS once was. And just to know like what the show did for them and to, and to, you know, hear, see all the tattoos and hear people say like, this is my 38th time seeing the show. And it was just really beautiful. It was definitely hard because in terms of technical theater, it was a non-ec tour. So, you know, thankfully Rent is popular enough that we had a lot of long stays, but long being one or two weeks, where I know a lot of tours, non-ec tours might have like one or two nighters. And we did have a couple because mainly because we were the third year of the tour. So we had already gone to, they had already gone to some major cities. So we tried going to some smaller ones, which I actually kind of loved because it not only brought theater to people who don't usually get to see it, but a lot of these smaller cities were also cities that may have been a little more conservative um so it was we felt very privileged to be able to show 
a black girl in a relationship with a white boy or two men kissing um, just because we find that that's obviously important in America to show that that's perfectly okay. Um, so it was like, it was truly a dream. And we, our contract was pretty long. We did 15 months just because we actually finished a couple weeks in the United States from the second year's leg and then went to Tokyo and then went to China and then went back. So I did just almost exactly 300 shows. Wow. That's crazy. Yeah. That's crazy. I remember we were actually talking about this right before we called you. The when we when you told us that you were going on tour at dinner, and we were just like, yeah, we were just like all catching up at dinner, getting drinks, like blah blah blah, blah blah blah. Uh, not Bear Burger. Yes, we were at Bear Burger. Mel's Burger Bar. Oh, we were at Mel's because Caitlin was our waitress. Yes, okay, yep. <laughs> but yeah, no, 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 we were at Bear Burger, <laughs> and um, so we were like all hanging out and talking, and Logan had like just gotten like. He was very overwhelmed by the amount of callbacks he had. <laughs> and he had, like, all these callbacks to go to. And we were like, okay. Like, no, because Logan was also like, I just booked um, yeah, he, a cruise. I just booked. Crush, oh. I actually just booked Crutchy. And yeah. something, something at, like, West Side here in a, like, oh and an God. amusement park. And we were like, oh, my God. Which one are you going to choose? And he was like, none of them. <laughs> what? We were like, you idiot. And he was like. Well, I'm turning them down because I booked Mark and Rent. We were all like, where? (laughs) What? (laughs) And he was like, the 20th anniversary national tour. And we were like, and I was like, who's playing Mark? (laughs) And he was like, me. I was like, but who else? (laughs) (laughs) Like, understudy? Standby? (laughs) I was just like, I couldn't believe it. I was like, Oh my god! And then we were all obviously freaking out. You guys are so I happy for like you. It was found just so out funny. that day or the day before, so you guys were some of the first I I told. And I remember, yeah, like, we weren't allowed to tell anybody yet. I think um, I, I, I told think I told so six many people. people. That was, I mean, I don't know if a lot of people deal with this because I remember finding out in f- February twelfth. It was February twelfth, and they told me I was one of the first ones cast. And they were like, "We no one can announce until Playbill does an article." And then Playbill didn't do it until after we started rehearsal. So we couldn't post until our first rehearsal, which was April 30th. So I had to go two and a half months without publicly announcing it. So that was kind of weird because I stopped auditioning. I took up boxing classes and I would see people and obviously everyone's like, oh, like, have you been hitting the audition grind? And I was like, well, I, I've stopped. And then like at that point, I would just tell them because it would just be like a friend. And I'm like, they're not going to go like blah. Plus... It's not like breaking, like I'm not Audrey McDonald starring in Broadway's newest blah, 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 you know? So I wasn't I like... I you are. Oh, well, thank you. But I, that's I wasn't how I like, felt. I mean, I, I didn't like... I definitely told people like not to tell a lot of people just because that's what I was told to tell people. Um, but then but it, told people. Yeah, but it was a very long time, I remember. That was. I remember also seeing you on tour. Yes. Because... Oh, I loved Cincinnati. Yeah. Rent came to, of course you did. Rent came to Cincinnati, and I, it was like right conveniently, like just before Christmas. Mm -hmm. So I like flew home like a couple days early and was like, oh, I'll just, you know, I'm going to go home for Christmas. And then I saw the show the first night I got back. 
and my friend from high school and I went and that was special for like multiple reasons because one it was like my favorite theater from like my childhood and I was just sitting there watching one of my best friends perform but the seat that I was sitting in was where our family always had our seats and the first time I saw Rent was when I guess it was probably one of the first tours of it because it was Adam Pascal and Anthony Rapp and that was the first time I ever saw Rent and it was like the first time that I was like really impacted by it and so I was like oh my god that's so cool like this is exactly where we were sitting and I was like how many years later and I was like the second Logan walked on stage I was like puddles I was like (laughs) oh my god and it's literally the first line in the show so I was really had a hard trajectory (laughs) after that I also had to pee really bad and I was drunk. But the people next to me, the woman sitting next to me at intermission puts her hand on my leg and she says, is this the first time you've seen me? And I was like, oh no, I got a degree in red. I said, but one of my best friends is Mark. And she was like, oh my God. And then she like told her husband, she was like, Jim, he knows Mark. And I was like, oh yeah, I do. Which I always say when I see my friend in tours, I'm like, I know that. And the people, <laughs> and the people next to me are like, wow. My mom took so much pride in it. She had like the pin on her purse and she would like carry her purse around like, like this so like people would see. She was literally <laughs> telling women in the bathroom stalls. Like, are you- Of course she did. You? I would. I know. My mom keeps saying, she's like, it's my job to brag. But then there'd be like someone, she'd be like, can you give so-and-so a tour? And I'm like, who? And she was like, we just met them at dinner and they're seeing the show. And I told them it, it shouldn't be a problem. <laughs> and I was like, okay. It's like prostituting her I told them it shouldn't be a problem. I told them it wouldn't be an issue. I love that. I was seeing you was because Cincinnati was our first official stop in the U.S. Like besides the couple stops we did finishing the second leg of the tour, we had. It was kind of weird because we came back from China and we actually had a month off because. The set got shipped over on like one of those little cargo boats and it literally took a month mm-hmm. for everything to ship. So we had a month off and then we restarted in Cincinnati. So we were pumped because we were like, now we're actually starting like the United States part of the tour because China was a little rough. And we were like, we're starting the United States parts of the tour. We're in Cincinnati for two weeks. We were told it was like pretty sold out. Obviously, I knew you were going to be there. But then it was kind of weird because so like I, w- I came home. I was so I was flown from Boston to Cincinnati, but then right after Cincinnati, we flew back home on on like on Christmas Eve. So I remember some people were like, "Why are they even doing it? Like you're literally like going leaving your house to go to one city to fly all the way back." And I was like, "But right. oh, we have to." I was like, "That's where CJ lives," and the <laughs> like oh, the theater was so beautiful and just like the whole city around Christmas time. That was definitely one of like and the restaurant I think I recently asked you about it. The restaurant like attached to it next like next door. Nada. Yes. Oh my god. I ate there so many times. Yeah. It's pretty good. Do you have a specific like city that you remember the most as being like one of your favorite places that you toured in? Yeah, Other it's funny. Cincinnati. <laughs> right. A lot of people ask that and it's, it's kind of a hard question because there were some like, it sounds silly, but some I love for so many reasons. Like Orlando was actually one of our first stops. That's where we went. One of the few places we went before and I just love before Tokyo and I love the heat. So I loved like the palm trees and the theater was brand new. It was the um, Walt Disney theater, but we were also there during the Oh, God, I don't want to get this wrong. The second year anniversary of Pulse, the Pulse nightclub shooting. Oh, So right. Rent was, like, 
a lot of people came because the show is just so much about like love and like we said before like homosexuality sure. and stuff so because of the huge tragedy that happened there and just going to see the the um like not the museum because obviously that hasn't even built yet but like what they did with everything was so powerful with the bar right um and then like i love kansas city just because the town was beautiful but again it kind of sounds cliche but my favorite was tokyo just because the city was amazing. The fans, like, the stage door would take 45 minutes. We all had security guards because the fans were so obsessed. But so, like, and not in, like, a yes, praise me kind of way, but just to see that someone, like, appreciated what you do and, like, what you did for them in those two and a half hours was so, it's so fulfilling. And, like, literally had so i guess it didn't help playing mark that i had so many fan gifts that i was literally like having to give them away because i did not have enough room in my luggage but it was just so you never gave me a button did i not i still have like a bag of them so okay i want a button ask nicely (laughs) no i've jamie i've asked nicely many times when he said one time i have a gift for you i said is it a mark button and he said no but it was a cute little it was a cute little starbucks um like ornament that said like hong kong on it and i still have it yeah that was that i like that that was yeah fresh from the tokyo subway (laughs) station (laughs) okay don't tell me that but like they're they're beautiful subways but yeah i just love like the theater was in downtown Tokyo, like in the hotspot in a skyscraper. And I was very lucky again, I guess because of my role that I had this dressing room on the 18th floor that had a view of the city. And it was just, it was like perfection. It was really so, every single show was completely sold out. It was so, and like just the food there, the people there were so nice. Um, we all had our own, like, apartments, which was really sweet, because another, like, non-act thing is that we all, a lot of equity tours, for anyone who doesn't know, like, you basically get an allowance, and you can live wherever you want, and most people, like, get an Airbnb, but you can do it by yourself, you can do it with friends, whoever, but for non-act tours, they usually arrange your housing for you, and it's usually, like, you're in a hotel, and you have a roommate, and I'm actually, I loved it, I wouldn't have wanted it any other way, because you feel like you're back in college all in a dorm room, like, we would all... Right. watch the Tonys in someone's room with a lot of Domino's pizza and then just walk down the hall to our own rooms where a lot of my castmates now, like two of my castmates are now on Hamilton tours. One is very good friends with Zoe because she booked it when Zoe did and they went through rehearsals together. Oh yeah. Yeah. They're in the same tour. Yeah. Lencia. And then um, my other friends in Aladdin, which is obviously That's equity. Funny. And they were like, it's like, it's great. Like they obviously equity has a lot of perks, especially when you're in a really well, a really good show. But they were like, Sometimes our castmates are on the other side of the city, and we don't get to really hang yeah. out. And I don't know I just loved getting to see everyone. Um, right, completely lost my train of thought there, but well, I, I was just gonna say. So, like, you talked a little bit about Tokyo, but how was the international experience? That part of the tour, um, just like in general. Yeah, like what did did so where where did you go that was international, and also just like what were your experiences? Like, how are they different from the States? And, like, yeah. you know, what did you like? Anything? Yeah. So, I kind of already talked a lot about Tokyo, but a few things, like, in all of the Asian cities, our call time was earlier because sometimes sometimes we weren't, we'd have to, t- like, our hotels weren't super close, so we'd have to take the subway, excuse me, and they wanted us to make sure that we 
got there okay because obviously not a lot of things were in English and you can't really ask for directions if you get lost. So like our call、mm-hmm. time was earlier, and then you always have to get used to grocery. We went to in one of the cities in China. We went to a Walmart, and it was not Walmart. You literally walk in, and the first thing are dead hanging plucked chicken carcasses. And I was like, I、wow. have not seen this at a Walmart that I know of. Um, <laughs> I don't know. Maybe you haven't been to the right place. <laughs>、right, I know. I've seen one at a Walmart. Really?、Um, no. Oh. <laughs> Maybe you're obviously not from Kentucky like me. Right. But no, like, so Japan was. The people were so kind. They were amazing. The food was amazing.、Um, everything was just like perfect. Except we were there during one of their hottest heat waves, so that was pretty tricky to be in a heat wave、Yikes. and to do a show under lights in winter clothing. That's when I first started getting ice packs that would be like packed into my costume because I never really left the stage and it was horrible with the heat.、Um, China was a very different story, kind of unfortunately. <laughs> we were there for a lot longer. We were there for nine weeks in seven different、wow. cities, and it's just in China they not only don't really know rent as opposed to Japan where it's like their number one show, but also in China theater is not as big of a thing. So we'd be in、mm-hmm. these normal sized theaters for tour, which were two thousand to twenty five hundred seats, and they'd be like a third, if that, full. And just as an actor, it can be very kind of depressing or draining when you feel like, hopefully, if you're a good actor, every show you put all your energy forward, like it's opening night, but to feel like it's not being received as well is just kind of draining.、Um, right. Plus, like there were. Six of the seven cities had really bad smog issues, so we had to wear masks, which is why I'm very used to wearing masks now. I was gonna say we, someone's prepared. Yeah, we wore them for months.、Um, the people were also just like as a culture, I found that they weren't as helpful when like you needed directions or you needed help, and、um, and then it, even the food I didn't think was as great. And then personally. That's also when my my dad got sick, so it was kind of hard to be on the other side of the world.、Um, but I mean, it was still amazing. Like we, our company paid for us to go to the Great Wall of China, and our company paid for us to go to an I almost said elephant sanctuary. Jesus,、um, I have an elephant obsession. <laughs> a a panda sanctuary. So like we got to like the Great Wall of China was incredible. You know, like something that、right. when else would I ever ever have the opportunity to do that? So I still wouldn't trade any of it because. I was like, oh yeah, I went to the Cheesecake Factory, but it was in Shanghai, like Shanghai, China, and like I'll see a movie now that's filmed in Shanghai, and I'm like, wow, like I've been there. That's so cool. But it definitely is different. And then, especially, most of the cities in China are with the exact opposite time zone as here, so it's hard to keep in touch with your loved ones. And obviously, like you have to get certain technology on your phones、so、that you can call the United States.、Mm-hmm. So it's It's challenging, but I I, know, I just love traveling in general personally. So I love going anywhere where I can learn about a new culture and experience something that you see like in movies or read in books. For sure, that's really cool. Um, so you were with Rent Rent for over a year, and I can imagine that show being like an emotional roller coaster. So especially being you know Mark and having to be on stage. For the majority of the show, how do you find you dealt with that? Just like playing that part for so long and every day, do you find did you find it draining, or were you able to turn it on and off? You know, or did it become just a job? Yeah, I guess 
kind of all of the above. Like I was just, and I feel like this almost sounds like a pat on the back kind of thing, but I try very hard to always remember how lucky I am with whatever opportunity. And I knew the hundreds of people who would kill to have my opportunity. So I always, always tried to be very grateful, even not only for those people who didn't book at all, but even for our swings and understudies who I knew would love to get to go on stage and play my part. So there were days like any show or any profession where I wasn't feeling 100%. I, I was fine to do the show, but I was like, oh, I really can't wait to come back and go to sleep. When you're at show like 200 and you're like, okay, like I've done 200, but I still have 100 more. Like they're just, you know, like any day, you're just not fully into it. Um, but usually once I hit the, like the show started, I was fine and I did get very comfortable. I really had to teach myself to not go on autopilot. Cause that's when I would make all my mistakes. And I certainly made plenty of mistakes. Um, so just to <laughs> stay in the moment and thankfully I'm not, I'm not a very emotional person, which might sound kind of silly, but like, I'm very good. This almost makes me a bad actor in some ways, but I'm very good at realizing that like what I'm doing in that moment isn't real. Like even, and, and Rent isn't even like based off of a true story, but it is based off true events. But for me, it's not completely real. So I was like, okay, well, I'm an actor, so I have to make it seem real, but it wasn't hurting me. Like the show wasn't like really digging into my soul. I was just gonna say, so you were able to separate yourself yeah. from the story that you right. were telling. Right, especially because, and I was kind of trained, I had a lot of extra time with the, director and our assistant director played Mark on Broadway, which was a lot of pressure, but very helpful. And he was like, you also have to remember that Mark is the one who hides all his emotions. And Mark is the one who he like Collins, this contains the spoilers, but for Collins, Angel dies, his lover dies. And for Maureen and Joanne, they go through really rough breakup patches. And then for Roger and Mimi, Roger knows that his girlfriend's about to die and that he's about to die. But Mark yeah, he just had a heartbreak, but he doesn't, he's one of the few who doesn't have the disease. So, right. It, and I remember in rehearsals, one of, like, before we opened, my assistant director, the assistant director came up to me, he was like, why are you, like, sniffling on stage? And I was like, well, I'm acting. And I was like, because, <laughs> because Angel's dying. And like, I, like, I should be upset. And he was like, no, he was like, Roger literally says to you in your big fight scene, how you hide everything. So it should be like the exact opposite. So it was also part of my character to not get emotional because that's not who Mark was. There were certain shows, especially when my dad was ill, that I I did my job very, very poorly. I was sobbing. I could barely stand. Like, so it changes. But that's kind of what I loved about doing the same show was that it really teaches you. And each show is different just based on environmental factors. Um, some shows were hard, like when we performed in Colorado, just even having thinner air changed the entire show. I also have a big issue of not calling out when I should. Um, so I did an entire show with food poisoning and the entire show, I swore I was going to vomit stupid. on everyone. I know really was very <clears throat> stupid. I had far too much pride. Um, so it like, it kind of, I wasn't bored during, even when it was like the middle of our run where I'd normally be slightly bored. I was not bored. Cause I was like, I have to make sure I don't vomit on anyone. Um, and that's another thing I love about touring as opposed to like maybe being on a Broadway show or doing a show for that long in one place is that every backstage is different. So if I had to like do a quick run around, I had to remember like, oh, well, the makeup booth is there or not there. And this person's going to be standing here. So you can't run into them, but you only have a few seconds. Um, 
so being in a different venue so often also helped kind of keep it fresh because it was just you didn't know where you were sometimes and it made it exciting also i want to say you have never done your job poorly just because something was happening right and i guess that that is yeah i should yeah you're right because as actors like that is kind of what we do is we sometimes your emotion like that's what can make a specific show different from all the others is because how that actor's feeling can infiltrate their character so i guess i mean like i didn't really listen to the direction of not being emotional specifically in that show but um, well, yeah, but you're also human. Right, exactly. Yeah, that's a good way to put it. You mentioned earlier that you made many mistakes. Do you have, like, a favorite mess-up that you did? Like, just something funny or, like, something so bad? Like, I love hearing yes. stories about, I... like, just... Because I think actors fixing their mistakes is so human, and I just think that there's so much beauty in that. Well, like, you like, had that's one in Newsies, for sure. Me? <laughs> no. Him. Oh, I'm oh. sure. I feel like there's one that I think I can think of, but I can't think of the details, but I'm sure if it's I probably thought better I could. I, there were definitely a lot. I, I agree with you. Like, that's what, if ever I do a talkback or a masterclass, that's always what I try to tell younger people because there are some people. Oh my who, God, really quickly. Do you remember when we taught those kids? Yes. When me and you did that masterclass and when something was so bad and the other one couldn't handle it, one of us would jump in. We were so insane. Oh, I love we, so much. We really were such a good team because that was kind of like, listen, we're not trying to bash on those kids, but they were, it was, it was rough. It was hard to get through. I just remembered that what we did us? that. We were a good team, remember? Oh, well, yeah, we directed and choreographed. Two very different things. Yes, CJ and I ah. assistant no, directed and choreographed kids... Peter Pan Jr. Okay, did you have to say this? <laughs> I know that. I know that. Kids, I was the assistant director. Kids would stood in front of me and Logan getting back to us and <laughs> would either do a monologue or sing a song fully a cappella. Or they'd like. That happened to us too. Or they'd have like YouTube on their phone way behind them. <laughs> Don't diminish my. <laughs> Yeah, CJ and I's audition process for those kids was was a, a, something I'll never forget. Um, Terrifying, and I was still drunk. <laughs> while the yeah, because we started at eight a.m. But yes, the, and I went to bed at like four a.m. Right, I know. I remember being like, I don't know how he does it. Um, but yes, there were quite. But, but oh, what I was saying was that I. That's what I love about live theater. I love seeing things like that happen, and I love when that stuff happens because I find that my brain, as you may have experience in the past hour my brain works very quickly and so i love figuring out very suddenly how to fix a mistake but one was just mark jumps on the tables a lot without using his hands like literally just like jump jump and um Sexy. there's three jumps Pinky. there's three jumps per show so i realized i did about 900 jumps and one jump one out of 900 i did not make it and i slammed down onto the table and I literally could hear people gasp in the audience because it was very visible. Because I, I was singing during it, so people were looking at me. And um, it could have been worse. Like, I could have smashed my head, but I thankfully um, kind of caught myself, but then my wrists kind of hurt. Um, another one was that my camera would break all the time, so pieces would, like, fall out on stage, and I'd be, like, scrambling to pick them all up. Um, and then the other... The two big ones are... One that was kind of bad was that another thing, my, my time my camera broke, and something was really sharp and I sliced my finger and I really do not leave the stage very often. So there was blood everywhere. There was blood like to the point where thankfully it was towards the end of act one, but it was for a good 25 minutes until intermission that I didn't stop bleeding. Even like I thankfully had a tissue in my pocket because I would wipe all the sweat off and I did the rest of the show with it wrapped around my finger. But during intermission, a whole crew had to go out and sanitize the entire set. And I just remember feeling so bad because I was like, 
they definitely should be doing other things. And it took them the entire intermission and a lot of people because it was it was everywhere. Um, and then the funniest one was for people who really know Rent, the very end of La Vibo One, which is the end of Act One. There's like everyone's going crazy, having fun, and then there's a big freeze, and Mark has this monologue just in a spotlight, and at the very end he says the opposite of war isn't peace it's creation and this was this had been like the longest time we had gone without a day off truly i think it was about 14 weeks and we were about a week out from a a, a layoff and i wasn't thinking i was in the autopilot and instead of saying the opposite of war isn't create the opposite of war isn't peace it's creation i said very clearly the opposite of war isn't peace it's vacation and i just could hear all my castmates like losing it behind me while they were supposed to be frozen in the back out I didn't get yelled at by stage management, but I definitely had like every single person on the production team come up to me at separate times to the point where I was like, I know why you're here. It won't happen again. I know. And then, then it became like a joke that I could mess up and everyone would be like, Logan, do you need a vacation? And then it was just kind of embarrassing because a lot of, yeah, right. (laughs) Because then a lot of fans (laughs) would like bring it up at the stage door. Um, I'm just talking here. One more thing I do have to say is though, one thing that always was funny was during our year of rent was when rent live happened and for weeks for weeks after and thankfully i had not seen it for a long time because we had a show that night but for weeks afterwards people would be like what do you think of rent live and i could safely be like oh i haven't been able to watch it yet which was the truth and everyone was like and i was like what do you think and they were like it was good but almost everyone would say we just thought jordan fisher was too attractive to play mark and i would literally (laughs) stand there and i'd be like i don't and what am i yeah i was like um (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> but I was shocked for like three weeks, the amount of people. I was like, yes, I. we can all agree that he's an attractive man, but I don't know if you really know what you're saying by saying that. Um, <laughs> so that one was always like a hoot. Wait, didn't you also, not to bring up the time that you messed up, but didn't you also do the Viva La Vivo M at a wrong time? Yes. So everyone on stage takes it off of me and a sho- it was it's a, a shoulder drop that I do. Yeah. And I was getting told that it was too obvious because it would literally be like, <gasps> Viva! So I was like, okay, I'll make it less obvious. And then multiple times, but one specifically, I definitely did it way too small. And I screamed, Viva! And then you heard all the Vivas after me. So not only was I <laughs> way ahead of everyone, but then it was super staggered because no one knew when to do it. And that one I did get kind of yelled at politely for because they were like you know it's your responsibility and i was like i'm trying um yeah that one was bad because that's like another kind of I- iconic part so that one makes me laugh because i can just picture like, yes. be like viva viva yes and i did have i take pride in like not showing mistakes on my face but that one definitely there was like a deer in the headlights look and i was like well what can you do <laughs> I take pride. I take pride in showing the mistakes on my face. I take pride in the fact that you will know I made a mistake. Oh my god! I just like at least for me, like I'm like not. If you say that covering... you don't make mistakes, I'm gonna absolutely no. Punch I you make face. so many mistakes, but like covering is not a forte of mine. I get really flustered. Really, like the time that do you remember in freaking. Mama Mia, when Josh Kelman, who played my opposite, didn't come on with me, and I just, and we had, like, lines together, and I just walked on stage, went, welp, and then left. <laughs> but it was so right. good, but no, but see, that's died. what you have to do, too, and that's the part I love. It's like, in Tango Maureen, I, I tango with a microphone stand, 
And for a couple weeks at one point, the case was loose. So every time I'd spin around, the microphone would either shoot off stage or shoot into the audience. But like in the middle of the song, we have to speak into said microphone to test it to see if like Mark fixed the speaker. So the whole time we were dancing, like looking at each other, like, oh my God, what do we do? And so like, but I ended up like changing the line so that Lencia could change her line and not have to speak into the microphone. And I like, I love that stuff because you're like, okay, like now it still makes sense in the story, but there's like really not so great thing just happened. And, and, um, I know that's, it's like one of my favorite, even when I was bleeding, I was like, I was like, this is amazing. How do I hide it? How do I not get it on my castmates? <laughs> Costumes is going to hate me, but like, Ooh, look at me. <laughs> yeah. This is amazing. Yes. Logan, Logan like slices his finger before he goes on stage. <laughs> yeah. Let's see how I handle this. Art Maureen, who I love to death, was horrible at not at hiding her things. Like, and that that was something that another thing that helps create long running shows like easier because like she would do her big over the moon monologue and she completely ripped her pants down the middle, and I Ugh. was like visibly crying. I was laughing so. <sighs> hard and then you kind of just like it's truly some of those moments you're like wow this is fun like this is my job and i get paid for it and i'm just laughing and crying because it's so funny and i know i just love as long as like it really doesn't hurt someone like our angel broke his foot in a show and that was like intense but like stuff like that because it is and as an audience member like i've seen i saw bet midler and hello dolly and her her mic was horrible and they had to like stop the show and she was like cracking jokes and i saw steven pasquale bleed out in his hand in bridges of madison county and it's like you kind of remember that's the okay getting hurt's not the beauty of live theater but the beauty of live theater is that it's happening in front of you there's no cuts there's no editing right. whatever happens happens and both times like when i see when i've seen it professionally it's so well done and that's i just love that about live theater amongst like the whole like everyone's in the same room breathing the same air but like it's truly the show must go on and you gotta do what you gotta do. I, I can I can talk forever. Well thank no, God this, this is, is a great. podcast. Yeah, yeah, right. like- I feel like every guest is always like, Oh my god, I'm sorry that I was talking too much and I'm like, Do you know what do you know yeah. what this is? Right. <laughs> do you know do you know why what you're we're doing here? here? <laughs> do you it's, know it's nice though too. It's like going to a doctor's office and then being like, I'm sorry that I diagnosed you. Right. Like, well, that's why I came. Yeah. <laughs> you know? But it is nice because like you get to catch up with you guys, obviously, and then you get to like reminisce on memories, and then you remember one thing which leads you to remember another thing, and you're like, Oh yeah, and then and then and then and Right. It's nice. Uh-huh. Yeah. And now it's time well, stamp history. It, it is. is, yeah. Maybe wow. I'm stamping history. history. That's on. pretty. Put that. Name of the episode. Put that on a shirt. Hey, <laughs> you might. <laughs> we'll put anything on a shirt nowadays. <laughs> Next, the end we can. <laughs> and guess what? We can, and we'll sell it for seventeen bucks. Check out our merch. <laughs> <laughs> so Logisha. Oh, oh, wait! Oh my god! I forgot to mention the time that you and I almost got killed by a bear! Oh, okay. I'm so glad you brought that up because my mom, I was telling my mom that I was doing this thing. She's like, so, like, what is it? What do you do? She also doesn't know, like, spill tea, like, the sayings or anything. And I was like, she's like, what are you gonna talk about? And I was like, a lot of times, like, you just kind of talk about how you met and, like, funny experiences or inside jokes. And I was like, we'll probably talk about the time we ran into a bear. Yeah, me and Logan were at a party. So we lived in the same cabin. There were 12 people in the same cabin. So we were at a party. We were all very drunk. Very drunk. All very drunk. And we were like, I'm sure one of us was going through like an existential crisis. It was probably Logan. It was. And I was probably, I probably like grabbed him by the shirt and was like, 
come outside with me. <laughs> and I took him outside. And we were, like, talking, venting, blah, blah, blah. No, yeah, because CJ's actually, like, notes for anyone out there. CJ's, like, a great, I guess wingman's the wrong word, but I was having a very hard time, as you actually both knew, because of a lot of situations. And I was very drunk, and I tend to not run away when I'm drunk, but I was like, I'm going for a walk. Like, and not, I mean, I knew the area, but it was still, like, nighttime in Colorado. And, and CJ was like, okay, well, like, not alone. Like, I'll go with you. Um, which was a very kind thing, but yeah, surprisingly, CJ's a good friend. <laughs> <laughs> Who would have thought? Thanks, fuckers. <laughs> I know. Continue. Uh, but so, no, thank you. That's very sweet of you. I went with him, and then sh- I'm glad I did because if I wouldn't, my Jack Kelly would have been eaten as a fucking midnight <laughs> snack by by Baloo. <laughs> So we go out there, and there he, lo and behold, Bear in the Big Blue House is behind us. Oh, my God. Being like, <sighs> much, much, just like that, actually, much closer, what's the phrase, like, way too close for comfort. <laughs> too much <fun>. <laughs> <laughs> What was he like again? <laughs> I'm literally standing on his hind legs. <laughs> so stupid. Why do you think that was so funny? The bear was like. Shh. Shh. Collect yourself. So the bear was growling. <laughs> we were like. And so, like, the first, like, week of rehearsals. I'm sweating. The first week of rehearsals. We had like a park ranger come in and like explain to us <laughs> what to do if there's a fire the or song. if there's a bear. Yeah. <laughs> and, and they were basically like, you don't run away. Don't run away from the bear. You stay silent and you stay still. This bear came up and Logan and I took like one look at each other and sprinted. We, <laughs> we were like, we're getting the fuck out of here. To put we like it, crept away and yes, then sprinted. To put it like simply, we did the exact opposite of what we were taught yes. very recently to do. It was like, it really but I was been, like, because it was pitch dark out. Catastrophic. It was very, it was way too close for comfort. Because we, mm-hmm. we had not seen it. And we were pretty intoxicated. And none of that mixes well. Um, this bear was not socially distancing. Uh-uh, uh-uh. This, that's how close this bear was. Yes. He was not six feet away, and he did not have a mask, and he did not have the antibodies. We were <laughs> about to die, and we sprinted. We, like, ran, like, down to the lake, I remember. Yeah. Like, we ran away. Yeah, and then we, like, did a whole loop just to get back to, like, the front door, because we had gone out the back door of Judy's or something, or we were, like, in the back, and then we, like, walked back through right. the front door. But I remember walking down, like, the little alley, petrified that it was going to be, like, behind the fence. Right. And we, like, came into the house. We're like, there's a bear outside! Uh-huh. <laughs> we're, like, screaming, and everyone's like, okay. Yeah, they're like, what the fuck? And we're, like, we're, like, nervous. We're, yeah. like, trying to, like, call the park ranger. <laughs> we're, like, we're like, you don't understand. We were face-to-face. You guys were safe yeah, in the we house. Almost died. <laughs> yeah. yeah, they were playing, like, beer pong. And then what was the other thing that I was going to say? Oh, we need to settle an argument because me and Logan went jet skiing in Colorado. And I would just like to point out that I know how to drive a jet ski. I have been boating my whole life. So I drove this jet ski while my little princess Logan <laughs> sat behind me as if we were on a motorcycle. Arms around his waist. Grabbing my waist. <laughs> yeah, just like my hero. Enjoying my ride. Jet skiing. <laughs> yeah. And we were going along and... I kept saying, do you want to drive for a little bit? And he was like, no, no, no. (laughs) Finally, he's like, yeah, I'll drive for a little bit. I want to try it. So he did. It was scary. (laughs) He was like, okay, no, not for me. (laughs) Yeah. 
So then we switched back. And as we were switching back, the jet ski tipped over. Because CJ's weight went off balance <laughs> while we were trying to switch. I just scooted back and he tried to like walk around me. And then we ended up in Are this... Are you saying I'm fat? <laughs> no, I'm saying... I'm saying you went too far to the side and it just tipped. And granted, regardless of whose fault it was, this was some cold, straight from the mountain water. R.I.P. CJ sunglasses that I can still very clearly see in my head. Um, my Ray-Bans. R.I.P. R.I.P. my glasses. We were like, should we try to find them? R.I.P. my glasses. They're at the bottom of the lake. Yeah, but we were like, yeah, that's we don't even know how deep it is or what's in there. We were freezing, and then we got on the jet ski, and we're like... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, driving, like, so slow, like, trying not to, like, get hypothermia. We're in the fucking mountains at elevation. There's snow on the mountains. Yeah, and we were just with Hannah and Anna, who were, like, on theirs somewhere else. Um, yeah, like, absolutely destroying yeah. us, being, like, badass women, and we're like... <laughs> right, but that is honestly one of, like, you talk about, like, just general summer stocks and memories. That is truly one of my fondest memories. Oh, mine too. And like, who gets to do that on a summer stock? Right. Yeah. And then we, and we like, had... who gets to be like, we were jet skiing and <laughs> yeah. And I just, I never thought that like people, like you hear these things like jet skis can't fully tip over. Like they're designed to like be buoyant and stuff. And I was like, thank God we're not going in. And then we were in the water and I remember being like, like, we see, we could both swim and we both have life vests. So I wasn't nervous for my life, but I was just so shocked because it all happened so quickly. And I was like, oh my God, where am I? Get to the boat. (laughs) (laughs) And then we like, (laughs) and then we like climb back on top and we're like, okay, we're okay. We're okay. We're like, and then the wind starts blowing. We're like gripping each other. We're like, truly talking about like, like a squeeze on the waist before we were like, Body heat, body heat. We, we've never been more in love in our entire yes. lives. We've never more in love coming from two people who played Jack and Kelly who pretended there was a backstory of Jack and Kelly being in love. I mean, oh my God. Jack and Crutchy. <laughs> it's all about Jack me. And oh, Kelly. Jack and Kelly. Oh, we did. Yeah, I would write. So Crutchy does that. If you haven't seen the like regional production or the tour, Crutchy has his own song, thank God. Because if not for that song, Crutchy would be the most irrelevant <laughs> role on the planet. Like barely but so I had like... Literally, I was like not in act two. But so I had my little song at the beginning and there was a letter that I was reading that I wrote to Jack and <laughs> they gave me this blank piece of paper and I was like, well, that's silly. Like <laughs> being me, right. a degree, having a degree in musical theater, I'm like, you, this is asinine. <laughs> so I took it into my own hands to write my own letter. That was a great and that my letter, thank you. My letter was like, dear Jack, I can't believe your ass <laughs> is with Catherine. She is a stupid slut, and you know that I be giving you good ass every night. That thing with the, I did with the crutch, you loved it. <laughs> I still have I like, it. I have it saved. Oh my god, it was. Oh, it was. It was so. And good. who was that little boy that was in the show? He was like, I want to read Harrison! your letter. He was like, I want to read your letter, and I was like, No, no, <laughs> yeah. You're like, um, maybe you're No, you little homo. This is like, this is like pornography <laughs> for him. Oh my! He came to see Renton. He is, let's say, blossomed. He's really blossomed into yeah. his own. <laughs> I'm sure he's blossomed. He follows me on Instagram <laughs> and responds to my stories, and I'm like, No, sis, we're not doing this. <laughs> no, little boy. Oh. Okay, so Logan. How can people follow you on social media once you revive it? Yes. Well, I'm still very currently on Facebook and Twitter. 
Um, so Facebook's just Logan Marks, and my profile picture is me with an elephant, which I'll probably never change because nothing's better. And then my Instagram and my Twitter, and you can follow me on Instagram because I definitely think I'll be back soon, are at Logan Alex Marks because my middle name's Alexander. So at Logan Alex Marks. Yay. He's really funny on Twitter, guys. That was like one of the first things I noticed about him because he's just like I, a little quirky Logan, really and then his tweets try. are very funny. Some are, they're hit or miss, but I do try. You're funny. You do well. I'll never forget one of the nicest things you ever said to me is that you quoted me a couple times on your Twitter, and they got a lot of likes. And you're like, honestly, with your comments and my Twitter following, <laughs> we'll be unstoppable. <laughs> Which I remember that you because you had some one liners that would literally like have me peeing my pants, and it was it was Thanks. like it would be an injustice to not have posted it. Thank you. I hate her. No, thank you. Thank <laughs> you so much. I think our podcast should actually just be like us. Like, I imagine us as like rock'em, sock'em robots. Oh my God, But like yes, trying yes, to like yes. out funny. I'll kill you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and if you want to follow us on social media, you can follow us at drinkwine underscore spill tea on Instagram or at drinkwine spill tea with the letter T, not the word on Twitter. Or if you want, you can email us at drinkwinespilltea at gmail.com. And don't forget that you can rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. I don't know if you can do that on Spotify. Just do it on Apple Podcasts. Honestly, try to do it on Spotify. Let us know. And then we'll <laughs> and then let get, everyone And then know. get back to us. Yeah. And then we'll get back to homework. you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's your assignment. It's due tomorrow. And cool. vote. Cool. Don't forget to vote. <laughs> Register to vote. They should be registered to vote. Yeah. If you're a How listener, you, you should know. How long can you wait to be registered to vote? Yeah. Can you register like the day before? I actually don't know. I'm sure you can. Well, I just know. If you're not registered, register. And then if you are, vote. <laughs> and on that note, Logan, thank you so much for reminiscing with oh, us. Oh, thank you. It's been a pleasure. It's been an honor. Illy, you. Illy, you too, too. One more than the other, but we'll never know. It's definitely <laughs> I me. I know. No, it's me. <laughs> definitely it's me. me. Me and Logan have shared sexual relations. But so me have Jamie and, and I. <laughs> yeah, what? See? I was lying. <laughs> oh, so are we. Wait, wait. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. What? Tongues? What? <laughs> me, and, me and Logan have cuddled. <laughs> Jamie and I have kissed me and you have cuddled. more than was appropriate. Okay, well, that's not fair because Jamie has kissed everybody. No! Well, I, I sure felt special. Maybe. <laughs> what? I felt What'd special. I didn't feel like one of many. No, Logan, you, Jamie you kissed, are special. Uh, no, Logan, Jamie kissed everybody that summer. We literally, the day Not we, that summer! The day we met, we touched tongues. <laughs> so, I do Jamie's think I remember that. Thank you. I didn't kiss anybody. <laughs> Logan, you are special. <laughs> I do love you both. So a special. Lot. We love you. And with that, cheers. Peace, homos, <laughs> including Jamie. <laughs>